your brain is designed to forget. In fact, it might forget 90% of what it learns within a week. That's kind of a problem if we're trying to learn anything. Welcome back or welcome to The Ripple Tank. This is your host, Mark Cheney, Director of Mental Performance at Faith Lutheran High School in Las Vegas and Certified Mental Performance Consultant. The Ripple Tank is all about creating ripples of influence. And I'd encourage you to go back and check out episode one if you would like to learn more about how we came up with the concept of The Ripple Tank. The ripples we're studying today are learning. You've joined us for episode 14 and that's episode two of a series on learning. And we introduced the concept of interleaving last week. And a really closely related concept to that is spaced practice. Now the brain is designed to forget, and that might seem unusual to think about, but consider all of the information that comes into our brain each day. Most of it is important for a moment, and then it's unnecessary for anything in the future or becomes outdated. And the brain doesn't really know what's important unless we assign significance to that. So the brain forgets most of what we take in as a means of efficiency. In 1885, Hermann Ebbinghaus quantified the rate at which we forget information. And he's famously displayed it on a graph that we call the Ebbinghaus forgetting curve. And it suggests that we might forget up to 50% of new material within an hour, up to 70% within 24 hours, and up to 90% within a week. So if you're a student or an athlete or a new employee, you can't afford to forget that information. Because otherwise, the night before the test, the day before the game, or the moment before your big presentation to the boss, you're having to relearn things that you've done earlier in the year. And so we need to look at how we can learn better and more efficiently and with greater long-term retention. Now, when it comes to memorizing information, most students rely on inefficient methods, chief of those being cramming. So whether it's a marathon session of studying the night before a test or even 10 minutes of frenzied memorization right before a quiz, they're trying to pack information into their memory. And I'll tell you that cramming actually works, but only for the short term. So I polled my students last week, and the vast majority admitted to me that that is indeed how they study for memory quizzes. And then when I asked them, how much do you really remember after that quiz? And they truthfully admitted, not much. So cramming, or in more technical terms, mass practice, is one approach to learning. Now, I said cramming can work in the short term. Mast practice has some benefits. It's good for learning a simple skill. It's good for reinforcing technique. And when you're first learning information or a skill, it can be useful. On the flip side, it can lead to boredom pretty quickly and it only utilizes short-term memory. So someone who's going to use mass practice better have a high level of concentration and motivation to use it over an extended period of time. So if mass practice isn't the most effective way, what is? 
And that brings us to spaced practice, or sometimes known in the literature as distributed practice. Very simply, you break up your study sessions over time. And so rather than studying for two hours the night before a test, you may break that into smaller chunks over an extended period of time. For example, you might study for 30 minutes over four separate days in advance of that test. With shorter study sessions, you can actually learn more. Let me give you an example of this. So during the pandemic, many of us learned new skills while we were stuck at home. And I knew how to juggle. But I had extra time on my hands, so I spent some time on YouTube and started learning a few new tricks. And I worked on them daily for a while. And then as the weather changed, as my responsibilities changed, as other interests popped up, the juggling balls went away for a while. But rather than being rusty when I pulled them back out, I found that I was even better at some of the skills I've been practicing. And so I'd work on it for a day or so, and then they'd go away. And then just this last week, I pulled the juggling balls out for the first time in three or four weeks. And I was remarkably better than what I remember the last time around. How does that work? Well, in space practice, each time you practice a skill, each time you study information, your brain is forced to recall that memory and each time it does that, the brain has to work a little harder. Rather than a mass practice scenario where the brain can shift into autopilot and not really have to think about it. Mass practice is more game-like. Think about it. A basketball player is never going to shoot 10 free throws in a row in a game. The max they're going to shoot is three free throws. So why would you practice in a way that doesn't mirror what happens in the game? A golfer is only going to hit a driver every 15 minutes or so. So why would we fire driver after driver after driver down the, on the practice range? Spaced practice is more game-like. It also provides some time for review and feedback in between. So you make an attempt. You have time to receive some coaching and learn from that and then execute again. Now, spaced practice might take longer to learn a skill. But remember, we're interested in long-term learning, not short-term performance on a quiz. And so the retention is better. And just to be clear, longer means more days, not necessarily more time. In fact, the cumulative time could be less. It does take commitment. And like I said, it could take more time. But the end result is that you learn more and retain more so how do you do this? How much spacing do you need between each attempt? And that's really an interesting question that the research is still emerging on. The research that exists currently suggests that you need a 10 to 30% retention interval. In other words, if I need to learn some concepts for a week from now, then I should take about a day between my material and my next study session rather than waiting till the night before. If I need to know it six months from now, then I need to look at a review session every couple of months in there. It very much depends on what the content is, the complexity of that content, 
and when you're going to be evaluated on it. So how can you do this as a student? Well, certainly, you don't want to wait until the night before a test. Instead, within a day of new material, there should be some review. Teachers and coaches can integrate this into class each day. Whether it's introducing a low-state quiz or simple competition, require your students, require your athletes, or even your new employees to pull that information from their memory. Even if it's not perfect, they've still gone through the exercise of it, and that reinforces the memory. As you talk about new material, new plays, new procedures, it's always good to revisit things from the past. And in particular, it's important to get some sleep during that spacing interval. We know in language acquisition that half as much practice is required for those people who used a night's rest as their spacing interval versus the people who used two distinct study sessions in the same day. So sleep is really important. And it's during that time that the brain continues to work on new material. It reconsolidates that information and really clarifies it. So in this time, when your ability to learn independently has become even more important, I'd encourage you to introduce the practice of spacing. Take that content, break it into chunks, give yourself some time in between study sessions, and you'll find that you retain that information for a much longer time. And if you can teach your athletes, your students, your employees how to retain information, that means less time in retraining, less time reviewing, and that's a competitive advantage. So we thank you for joining this week for in our episode of The Ripple Tank. We appreciate you sharing, commenting, or leaving a review of The Ripple Tank as well, as that helps us spread the ripple. I'll be posting an infographic that summarizes spaced practice on my Twitter feed, at Coach Mark Cheney. And I look forward to hearing you either through that platform or via email at mark at coachmarkcheney.com. So I'd encourage you to join us next week when we look at our next learning strategy, retrieval practice. And until next time, go make a ripple.